Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. Today is Thursday, February 12, 2015, and we are here with the one and only Fred Brunswick. And Fred is going to join us tonight. He's going to tell us more about the Constitution, which um, a lot of people don't really know, including me. I'm learning new stuff all the time, especially about executive orders, which is interesting. So, Fred, hey, welcome. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, why don't you tell us more about uh, the lessons that we're going to have. Well, we uh, I think we finished up with Article 4, which had some good stuff in it, uh, especially Section 4 about uh, guaranteed Republican form of government, which we don't have, but that's what they guarantee us. Uh, a while, let's see, it's been about four, maybe five years ago, we filed a, a case in the circuit court in Denver, uh, suing the United States for not doing their job in guaranteeing us a Republican form of government. They didn't know what to do with that because normally the cases come up from other courts. And so they didn't do anything with it because I don't think they knew what to do. Um, And we got tied up with some other things, some other cases, and didn't follow that through. So I'm not sure what the what the um, result of that is, other than it's just hanging there waiting for us to do something, I think, uh, or waiting for them to do something, because we haven't ever heard from them. But the, um, that's the tail end of, of Article 4, Section 4, okay. says that the United States will guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. And that, uh, if we, uh, we have a a document we could send to anyone that's interested in what the Republican form of government is. And uh, I think it's about 92 pages or something. But in a real brief explanation of it, it would be that uh, people are sovereign. They're over the government. The people are the ones that came up with the Constitution, so they're over... the the government and everything else. And if people knew that, we'd be in better shape because then we could say, wait, you can't do that. And uh, we have representation, or supposed to have, um, in our government so that our government's supposed to be doing what we say, not what they decree. But we haven't done that for for quite some time. So if we start with Article 5... We're getting close to the end. We'll probably finish it up today. Uh, Article 5 is talking about how to amend the Constitution. And so there are two ways to amend the Constitution, and that is whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary and shall propose amendments to this Constitution. That's the one way. Or, 
on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the states. They shall call a convention for proposing amendments, which in either case shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution. So our founding fathers said, well, we've done a pretty good job of figuring all this out, but in case anybody wants to make amendments, and of course we've had quite a few amendments, up to 27 now, um, they've, this part of the Constitution is a way to do that, and it's a fair way, as far as I can tell. Uh, that's what Article 5 is about. It says how that's supposed to happen. Now, that's all that Article 5 is. It's just how to amend the Constitution. Article 6 uh, talks about, it's pretty straightforward, but there's a couple of things that are something to take note of. Article 6, uh, Section 1 is all debts contracted and engagement entered into before the adoption of this Constitution shall be as valid against the United States under this Constitution as under the Confederation. So, you know, we were a confederation of states before we were the United States. And they were conducting business, and so there were some bills to be paid, but nothing like now. <laughs> then, <laughs> Section 2, this Constitution and laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof. In other words, all laws supposed to be made in pursuance of the Constitution. And I don't think any of our congressmen read that, but I'm sure the president doesn't because he thinks executive orders are law. Um, anyway, let's... This Constitution and laws of the United States shall be made in pursuance of the, of the Constitution thereof and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land, and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary, notwithstanding. Now, I don't know if you know what the notwithstanding means, but that means anything contrary to the Constitution has no standing. That's what notwithstanding. Hmm. So understanding the terminology helps you understand more what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, number three, the senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. But no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. So nobody's supposed to consider religion in picking somebody for a job for the United States or for anybody, any offices in the United, in, in any of the states. That's not supposed to be one of the uh, requirements. Um, it's interesting that uh, I've looked at some of the oaths and affirmations. Uh, one time we went down because we have a problem in Utah where the judicial system is not legal um, because of a, a, a repeal of an article in our Constitution. But anyway, we started going through some of those oaths. I got all the oaths uh, from all the judges, and we checked on those so we could say, well, yeah, that didn't apply 
in this instance. But in doing all that, we also looked at the oaths of U.S. Marshals and of uh, police departments, of the um, police people, and um, their their oaths. Some of them say they will swear to uphold the Constitution and um, and defend it. The uh, oath of office for Border Patrol, for instance, does not say that. For the marshals, it only says they will fulfill the office. I can't remember exactly. I should have had that up here. Um, but it doesn't say anything about the Constitution. And there's quite a few... Um, critical people that we consider supposed to be law enforcement which aren't under the Constitution that take an oath that doesn't say they'll defend the Constitution or uphold it. And so those are kind of scary things. First you have an organization, well I guess it's not scary if you follow it through. You have an organization that's supposed to be law enforcement uh, that people believe it's that way because they don't read the Constitution and the only, again, the only uh, constitutionally authorized law enforcement is the local sheriff of whichever county um, because they are picked by the people. No police department, no police chief, right. no uh, state trooper, unless he comes under the sheriff. I'm not sure what they call him in some of the states, but we have highway patrol, and that's a separate department, and that's not legal under the Constitution, uh, and the U.S. Marshals is not legal under the Constitution. Now, they were set up in the Judicial Act of 1789, and the Judicial Act of 1789 is unconstitutional before you get through the first sentence. And I don't know, you know how it got passed, except that <laughs> those that wanted it passed got it passed, because that's all about the judges, it's all about the districts, the federal districts that are in the states that can't be in the states, and you don't know that unless you read this. Um, so we have that that problem there, uh, and it's it it spawns all kinds of other problems because people believe that the judges are supposed to be in the courtroom and they're not. Um, they're supposed to take an oath to uphold the Constitution. If they uphold the Constitution, they wouldn't be in any kind of a, a hearing or court where the amount uh, in the in the case was over twenty dollars. Exactly. But but that's that's not being done. Now the ratification. This is Article Seven. The ratification of the conventions of nine states. Now. It was represented when we did this, interestingly enough, by 12 states. And so nine states had to uh, agree or pass on the Constitution to make it ratified for all the states, at least nine. Okay, and it was done in convention by the unanimous, the unanimous consent of the states present the seventh day of September in the year of our Lord, 1787, and of the independence of the United States of America, the twelfth in witness whereof we here 
we have hereunto ascribed our names. And then it has the list of people that signed the Constitution from their respective states. The states that were represented was New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. There was no Maine and no Rhode Island. So they must have been made states after, or at least they weren't represented in in signing the Constitution. Now, there's an interesting thing here at the end uh, of the Constitution, after the signatures, and this is uh, it's called Resolved. And I'm not sure when we read through this, we thought, holy cow, what, what does this mean? But anyway, Resolved, that the preceding Constitution be laid before the United States in Congress assembled. Now, that's a real problem area because the the Congress, I think we talked about it before, is supposed to be picked. That would be the House of Representative members and the senators are supposed to be picked by the people of the of the states at the time. That was not done. There was not a Congress assembled because they hadn't I mean, they hadn't put the Constitution in, so they couldn't put this in front of the Congress assembled. The only Congress they had at the time was the uh, Congress of the Confederation. So that's kind of a problem area. Are you saying they screwed it up from the beginning? From the beginning, yeah. So, and then when they did have a Congress, those people were not voted in as per the Constitution in, you know, Article, what is it, 2, I think, for the legislature. No, for the Congress, the Article 1. <clears throat> they just kind of moved in uh, the same people from the Continental Congress, and that's not what the Constitution said had to happen to have a Congress. So this Constitution couldn't be laid before the United States and Congress assembled because we didn't have one yet, legally and that it is the opinion. You know, it's not a rule or a law. It is the opinion of this convention that it should afterwards... I'm getting all kinds of feedback. Is that causing a problem on your end? I don't hear it. Okay, maybe it's on my end. Okay. Let me let me make a change here. Hang on one second. Okay. I think I'll do something to see if it's causing a problem here. If I can find it. No, it's gone away now. Maybe it'll be okay. Okay. Um, so, it should be laid before Congress assembled, the United States in Congress assembled, and that's, you know, there wasn't a United States yet, so I don't know how they do that. And that it is the opinion of this convention that it should afterward be submitted to a convention of delegates chosen in each state by the people thereof under the recommendation of its legislature of the state for their assent and ratification and that each convention 
assenting to and ratifying the same should give notice thereof to the United States and Congress assembled. Uh, keep saying United States and Congress assembled and hasn't been ratified, so they can't pick a Congress, so they can't have that. I mean, it's like the chicken before the egg thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's it's also the opinion resolved that it is the opinion of this convention that as soon as the conventions of nine states shall have ratified this constitution, the United States in Congress assembled, and that's, not, that's not there yet, should fix a day on which electors should be appointed by the states which have ratified the same, and a day on which the electors should assemble to vote for the president and the time and place for the commencing procedure, proceedings under this constitution. So they're, they're talking about putting this in front of the Congress Assembly when we haven't got one yet because it hasn't been ratified, so you can't pick the Congress yet. Right. Um, and then that after such, now all of this is an opinion. It's not law. It's an opinion. Um, that after such publication of electors should be appointed and the senators and representatives elected, that the electors should meet on the day fixed for the election of the president and should transmit their votes verified, certified, signed, sealed, and directed as the Constitution requires to the Secretary of the United States and Congress assembled. We still haven't got one yet. You know? And that the senators and representatives should convene at the time and place assigned that the senators should appoint a president of the Senate for the sole purpose of receiving, opening, and counting the votes for president, and that after he shall be chosen, the Congress together with the president should, without delay, proceed to execute this Constitution. You know, I guess what they're doing, they're trying to figure out how do we start this thing yeah. and, and get it rolling, you know, and, and follow what it says. But in doing that, they're, they're got the egg before the chicken came around to lay it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, kind of a crazy deal. A little piece about history I don't think most people know. That's true, and it's not normally what you will read when you get to the... Most people, if they do read the Constitution, they get to the signer's signatures and figure that's the end of it. But they had to put it into motion somehow and get it ratified by the states. Uh, and I don't know what this term... United States in Congress assembled because it wasn't the United States yet and it didn't have a Congress and it couldn't have a legal Congress until it was ratified by the states and yet they're saying you know they got the Congress before the states so anyway that's the end and then we get to the amendments okay so article 5 Mm-hmm. Article 5 is how to amend the Constitution. Okay. There are two ways. Okay, so that's, that's the end of the articles. So now we go to yep. the amendments. Yep. Then we can go to the amendments. and We know what the first ten are, but we can go through them if you want. Well, would you like to reserve that for another call? Whichever you want to do. I don't care. I'm happy or I can take questions if anybody's on or not. Maybe not. they're not on. I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, I've got a question. Okay. Well, if this Constitution was put into motion by Congress, which didn't exist, what does that mean for us today? Well, technically, um, 
It was, I mean, I guess it could be ratified, but it can't be ratified under the Congress of the Confederation. The the representative of the states could, but even in the opinion they have here of how to do that, they should go, you know, they first lay it in front of the Congress assembled of the United States, which is not yet. Um, So technically, it wasn't put in place correctly, okay? So that's one of those things you think, well, wait a minute, if we say that, what does that mean? Does that mean they don't have to follow it? And maybe that's the problem, you know? Well, it never was really put into place correctly. So, I don't know. I'm having a real technical problem on my end here. Well, Hang on too, a second. I've got, I'm getting kind of a staticky sound. Yeah, a lot of it. And I don't know if it's if it's my phone or what it is. But I think it's my new headset that I have to take back because it's garbage. Because it's been doing that. All right. Well, it could be. I'll. Uh, I, mean, anyway. I thought maybe it was mine, but. No, not yours. All okay. right. So, um, I guess that's the question I have. So. Yeah, and that if we if we go. Strictly by that, then um, they started it all up and they got it rolling and they said this is the way it is. But there's another there's another issue with that and they didn't um, accept it at Washington D.C. That's another thing. The president was sworn in in New York by a judge which is really interesting, too. Why does a judge have to to swear in a president? Yeah. It makes it look like the judge has authority over the president. This happens in states, too, at least in our state, when the um, governor was sworn in, he was sworn in by a judge of the Supreme Court. Now, interestingly enough, the judge... You'll like this. The judge who swore in President Washington in New York was Judge Livingston, (laughs) who is related to Mr. Livingston. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't like him either because he doesn't like judges. But anyway, that's (laughs) kind of an interesting side note. Okay. (laughs) But... In the case I called, I called down here uh, to the governor's office when our governor was sworn in, and he was sworn in by the Supreme Court Justice, the Chief Supreme Court Justice, and I said, why is that happening? Where does it say he's supposed to be sworn in by a judge? I said, why wasn't, you know, well, it, it, and they said, well, it doesn't really matter. It just matters that he was sworn in. I said, yeah, but the way you do it makes it look like he's beholden to the Supreme Court. And he's only beholden to the people. Nobody has to really technically swear him in. He he has to swear that he's going to, you know, he takes his oath or gives his oath or says his oath for the people. Promising the people he'll do this, not promising the judge. 
And uh, I said, so they said, well, that's just how we do it. It's not really, you know, this doesn't designate anybody. I said, yeah, the Constitution doesn't say anything about who's supposed to swear somebody in. They're just supposed to give, you know, they're supposed to take an oath. Well, yeah, that's true. And I said, so why did you use a judge? I don't know. I said, well, why didn't you, why didn't you use his wife? Would that be okay? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. You know, I just, it, was, it was crazy, and they have no answer for it, and I think it's the same in any state and also in the United States. Why does the Supreme Court justice have to hold the Bible? Here again, we're supposed to have separation of church and state. Um, and there, he's swearing on the Bible held by the Supreme Court Justice. Gives the impression to most people, and if you ask them, that's what they'll say. Well, with the United States, the, the Supreme Court justices are over the Constitution. No, but most people will probably tell you that. The people are over the Constitution, and, and the Constitution created the judges. So how could the judges be over the Constitution? You know, that kind of discussion. Yeah. Separation of church and state. Uh huh. Um, a lot of people say there's no such thing. This is a Christian nation. Always been that way. And you know, not, and then there's a lot of people that say no. There is separation of church and state. What? Where? Tell me more about the information you have on that and where it is. Okay, I just read through that tonight before we came on, and. Uh, Trying to see where where I saw that. It began, I think, as an understanding as a Christian nation. Okay, if you want to call call it Christian, because it was based on the Bible. That's the first people that came over here. They came over here right. to get away from religious oppression, and uh, you know that's how this nation was started. And so. The idea that if there is a God and he knows everything and he does everything right, then if we do things the way he says we ought to do them, they'll be right. That's, that's I think, the premise that everything is supposed to go on. And so the idea behind it is, I guess, simply, can you lie to God? If there is one, can you lie to him? Of course not, because he'll know. <laughs> right. right, and so, so it's it's a it's a good thing to follow those kinds of principles that are uh, you know being kind to your neighbor, right? Taking good care of everything, and being fair, and being um, you know when somebody does something wrong, then you take care of it, and and in fairness, you you know somebody is punished or whatever. And that I think that's where it comes from. And they, when they first came here, many of those people, of course, were um, thankful. I think to be able to make it across that ocean that nobody, you know, at that time, they a few people would come over, but to come over with with you know barely provisions and make it here, and glad they found land again. And, uh, yeah. you know, so they're they're thankful to the God who apparently helped them get here, that kind of thing. And so those right. those are the main ideas of why uh, it was started that way. I don't think it's hurt anybody by that. Um, that's just my opinion. But uh, there's nothing, I mean, I don't see any harm 
in trying to do things in in a I don't want to say righteous, but I want to say a right way because that's what's most fair for everybody concerned. Okay. Is that is that still your headset or is that me? Yeah, it's my headset. I'm gonna take this thing back. Um. So separation of church and state. Yep. Where is this separation? I, I think. Uh, let's see. I read uh, there shall be no. Maybe it's in Article 5. Let's see. No, that's not it. There shall be no laws made. Where did I see that? I just read it. Regarding religion or something like that. I don't remember where I saw it now. I should, it isn't something that I uh, made a point to, to bring up because it's not part of Article 5 or 6. Other than no test of religion will be, you know, that it won't be part of voting somebody in or out of office. No, I can't find it. I'll have to look it up. Okay. All right. Well, I think that will do it for the evening, then. Okay, yeah, we can go over amendments if you want. Oh, wait a minute. That's Amendment 1. There it is, right there. Ah. I thought I read it. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Now, if we look at what Madison said, and he's one that had really a whole lot to do with coming up with the Constitution. Uh-huh. When they came up with the first ten amendments, he said, you can have them if you want, but it's already in there. Right. And so, and most, all of these amendments would come under a Republican form of government. Right, which people don't so understand. If, yeah, so if we had a Republican form of government, then these first ten amendments are really covered in that. If you understand a Republican form of government, well, you, you don't need these. Most people are pursuing their democracy. They don't want time for the republic. Yeah, most people think that's what we have, and that's not what it is. Not very many people understand that democracy is a bad thing. But, you know, I had a radio guy here locally who... Somebody called up and said, this is a republic. And he said, no, it's a democracy. Everybody, even so-and-so said it was the same thing. And I thought, yeah, wow. okay. <laughs> and 
and he cited one of the presidents or somebody like that. I can't remember who it was. And I thought, well, that's our problem because everybody thinks it's democracy, and it's not. When's the last time you read the Constitution? Yeah, it's a republic, right. you know. So, and he's on the airwaves telling everybody how it is. So that's uh, kind of an interesting, interesting deal. All right. Well. I guess that'll do it for this week, and I want to thank you very much. Sure, no problem. Next week with the Ten Amendments. Okay, let's do it. Give me just a moment here. My talk should quit. There we go. Okay. All right. Well, Fred, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.